right. I wasn't even going to say nothing about this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've been to a couple Diddy parties. Now, I'm risking a lot by saying this, because my album went number one independently, my own label. Maybe we should partner with a major label in order to make some of those things happen. And that's when I saw Behind the Curtain. Sign here, and we will give you the world. You're gonna be a star. And so, is it coincidental that they die at 27? I remember the day Tupac died. I was like, no, he's in Cuba. Here's what a lot of people don't recognize. Most Christian labels, are arms that are owned by a major corporation or major label, like. This is The Deep End with Lecrae. I started to get into some of these rooms, making some high profile friends and seeing different types of contracts and just kind of like getting a peek behind the curtain. I experienced and heard some from some pretty credible friends that showed me just how much hypocrisy there was in the industry. You see, I went into the industry thinking, hey, we're all Christians, right? We all operate by a higher standard. Like, yes, we have business interests, but over and above that, we hold these deeply Christian values that should govern how we do our business. And the deeper I got into the industry, the more I realized that that was just not always the case. As they say, business Business is business, don't take it personal, right? So I found a lot of the same kind of griminess in the contracts and the behavior that you hear about on the secular side carried through right to the Christian side. So you know those kind of contracts that hold like crazy amount of control over people, their name, their brand, their identity? Yes, that we've all heard about in the secular or mainstream industry. Similar things exist on the Christian side. Ah, managing expectations, my goodness. To recap, what I feel like he's saying is, hey, if I sign to this Christian label, uh, I'm anticipating uh, Christian principles uh, to be employed in my contract. I shouldn't be signed to a 360 deal or, you know, someone in the music industry who has a, um, a miscarriage and just gets let go because they can't do their job and people expect better treatment now. I understand the sentiment. I understand the frustration. I understand the pain, and I don't want to diminish that. Um, but the the issue I have, first of all, the first thing is when you start saying exposing dark secrets or the dark side, people get all mystical. And here's the thing, man. Satan, Satan is not dealt with with like rituals and like dancing around fires satan deals in lies and so to fight satan you deal in truth um so so i think we get really like wrapped up in the spooky side of you know the demonic instead of recognizing that the demonic tactic is to deal in lies he's called the father of lies for a reason so we get real spooky when it comes to the enemy, instead of spending so much time with the truth that we can recognize a lie as soon as we see one. I think there's this, this thought or this idea that because someone has the title, this is why I don't like the title Christian as an adjective. I think it's an amazing noun as it defines a human being. It's not a good adjective as it defines like a thing or a genre. And I know I'm not saying I'm not a Christian artist. I'm not saying I don't do Christian music because I know that's a whole different just nightmare of a conversation. But what I'm saying is when you call something a Christian music label, um, there's this idea about what Christianity looks like as an entity. Now, when I call a person a Christian, there are scriptural perspectives and things that I would hope this person is walking out and fleshing out because that's what God calls him to do. And so I think a lot of times we're expecting these principles to be fleshed out with anything that has the moniker Christian over it. But there's no way to quantify that. Now, you can quantify if a person is a Christian, like, do they bear fruit? Uh, do they have a, a, a situation or story where they said, I have confessed that Jesus is my Savior, is my Lord? I cannot ask a shoe company like, well, is this really a Christian shoe? You know, is it, I don't, is this really a Christian computer? I don't really know. What this gentleman is actually saying is, I'm not seeing the fruit in the lives of the people who say they run a Christian entity. But here's the problem. Here's what a lot of people don't recognize. All right, so this thing right here is an album. I know it 
you may not know what an album is. It's like a thing that plays records. A record, in order to listen to it, you have to flip it over to hear both sides of it. Now, generally the A side of the record is all the commercial hits, all the stuff that everybody knows. The B side is like the deep cuts, the stuff that most people don't get to hear, the stuff that's like, whoa. I wanted to be successful to escape dysfunction. Mm. So, so when I'm talking to somebody, I'm coming as the most authentic form of myself as possible. Now, I ain't for everybody, which is why God has so many disciples, because everybody ain't for everybody. There's a B-side to our worlds, to our lives, that most people don't get access to, that most people don't talk about, but we want to do that. And that's what the B-side app is. The B-side is a safe place to talk about the things that, you know, are on the other side of the record. Download the app and join the family. See you on the B-side. Most Christian labels, Sans Reach Records and a few others, are just arms or branches or boutiques that are owned by a major corporation or major label like a Sony or Universal or Warner, and they do not function by Christian principles. So by and large, that entity is not going to have to live up to those same principles to function. What they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to provide the metrics necessary for their parent company to feel like they're worth continuing to invest in. So if you're, if you're not producing the results, then this boutique or this, this arm of this parent company is not worth investing in. And so the idea or the thought that a lot of people have is that because everyone loves Jesus, that this should just be in, this genre should be invested in and and taken care of and treated with such care. But the reality is when you're dealing in our economic system, um, you're going to be dealing with the principles of the economic system. So once you get into business, now you're a part of the infrastructure of business. I've, I've told this story before, and I'll, I'm going to tell it again for anybody who hasn't heard it. The movie Ben-Hur was about a Jewish man who, you know, entered into the chariot races that the Romans had brought about. As soon as he got involved in chariot races, he did away with all of the principles of his Jewish culture. The Jews said, oh no, you're not supposed to be riding in these chariot races. This is against our principles. The Romans said, we don't abide by these principles, so we don't care. As soon as he started winning, the Jews said, oh, we like the fact that he's winning. Let's, let's support him. Well, as soon as you start supporting him, it's no longer about your principles and your morals. You're a part of the empire now. You're trading your kingdom values for empire values. You can't get mad when the empire doesn't act like the kingdom because it's a completely different infrastructure. Now, if myself, my business partner, who's also a Christian, start a company and we as individuals are not functioning in such a way that is that if we're functioning in a way that's contrary to scripture, you need to challenge us. But it's not like a dark secret of reach records. It's not a spooky thing. It's that, hey, these brothers probably need to be challenged in their work ethic. They need to be challenged in their ethics and their moral compass and their principles. And so anyway, I, I know everyone wants a spooky story. I know everyone wants something sneaky, like, ooh. That's not to say that that stuff doesn't exist, but I'm just saying the way that Satan often functions is through manipulation, through lies. And unfortunately, this guy right here got himself disappointed because the expectations he had was that these Christian labels are going to abide by biblical principles when in fact they're a business and they've got a quota to meet and they got a answer to a parent company that doesn't care about the motives, about the morals. They're just like, hey, did you meet the quota? Because if you didn't, we don't have anything else to talk about. Your job's on the line. So that's the way that 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 that, that situation runs. Shall we keep watching? The music industry's darkest secret. Let's see if it's really that dark. I don't know. Music is one of the few industries on the planet where someone's work is worth significantly more to a company after their passing. Generations are remembered by the art that they leave behind, and the easiest way to be remembered is to be hailed as a legend from that time period. A premature death can take an artist from a good artist to a legend, which can in some cases solidify an artist's recording catalog to be a cash cow for decades to come. 
Think about this for a moment. When an artist signs his name on the dotted line to a record company, the record company will in many cases own all of the masters for the songs recorded under that contract. And when an artist signs to a major label, it's safe to say that their death is in many ways factored into the initial investment. And in many ways, after an artist has peaked in popularity, there becomes an awkward point in their career where the artist is worth more to them dead than alive. Let's be real, my uncle didn't die. He was murdered. I feel the same thing about Prince. These are basically insurance policies. We're not talking about a million dollars, we're talking about billions of dollars. Notice that when my uncle dies, why do you hear all his music? The thought here is that artists are worth more dead than alive. And so once your career starts flailing, it's more beneficial to kill you. And then they talked about the 27 Club. Now check this out, y'all. 27, okay? The number 27. What's nine times three? 27. What's nine minus three? Six. What is six in the Bible? It's the number of man. The number of man represents evil or pushing too far. When you look in the scriptures and you see that Solomon earned $666,000, what the Bible's trying to communicate to you is that he earned too much. And so is it coincidental that they die at 27 and 27 divided by three is nine and nine minus three is six? Absolutely, it's coincidental. I just made all that up so that you guys will fall for a conspiracy. That's how this works, people. That's how it works. Okay, that's exactly how this works. You were bought in. Now, truthfully, six is the number of man, and in the scriptures, if you look at that number, six, 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 or you see six over time, God is trying to communicate a message that they're doing too much. But this is how gullible we are. We are YouTube University students out here, people. Okay, listen, I, I know that there are things that happen behind closed doors in the music industry. I know them for a fact. But they're not happening because it's like some dark art taking place. They're happening because the God of this world, the prince and the power of the air, is a liar. They're happening because we serve mammon, a.k.a. money. Money is a God to us. And we will, go, we will stop at nothing to make sure we can get more money. The reason why artists are valuable dead is because someone figured it out. It's conventional wisdom, right? Wisdom is being able to manipulate um, regular realities for your benefit. That's literally, if you take a seminary class, you'll understand that's what wisdom is. So wisdom is recognizing that the sun comes up and goes down every day. And if you plant something in the ground and water it, photosynthesis occurs and growth happens. That's wisdom, right? So wisdom recognizes that, oh, shoot, this person has passed away. We're not going to get any more music from them. They signed this long-term contract. We can't squeeze it, squeeze them. We can't send them on tour. We can't figure out how to profit off of them. I got it. Let's create a whole ethos of them and their death and just make this like some memorial because then we can continue benefiting off, off of their death. I know we, we'd all like to believe that. I remember the day Tupac died. I remember. I was heartbroken. I was a kid, and it crushed me, and I believed every conspiracy theory out there. Why? Because I didn't want him to be gone. I was like, no, he's in Cuba making music. Machiavelli, if you look at the M in the Machiavelli, that's Machiavelli, the Italian guy. He faked his death, so Tupac is not really dead, and the autopsy's wrong, and just you don't want him to be gone. But the reality is, uh, he's gone. Um, you're, you're not going to get any new music from him. And you want to blame someone for that frustration and that hurt, right? So we need to blame someone. So listen, uh, if, if, if the label knows there's money to be made off your death, you think they're not going to expose that? You think they're not going to figure that? These are not like morally sound people these are not people sitting in an office somewhere like nah that wouldn't be right no they're sitting there thinking how can i get more market share how can i make this company thrive more and i know because i sat in these meetings they're ruthless it's wall street up in there it's just about money 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 how can i get the next amount of money how can i push my career forward and if i come up with the bright idea after 
Tupac or Michael Jackson dies or Amy Winehouse dies to squeeze that, repackage that, make it into some memorial type of project and I get paid off of it, boom, I'm getting promoted. I'm brilliant. Like I can tell you a gazillion stories of individuals who really had nothing to do with the music project at all. Like someone else had an idea to release a song from someone who passed away and some random A&R got credit for it and now he's, his career takes off. He literally did nothing. But I'm telling you, any industry, it's not just the music industry, any industry that is consumed with money making and manipulation um, is going to stop at nothing to squeeze it and make sure that the, the money comes into the hand. And here's another thing you got to understand about the music industry. The reason why it's so dark when I say dark, I mean like obviously and blatantly worldly, like anti-biblical in every sense. The reason why it's so dark is because it's an art form where people are expressing all of themselves on a consistent basis. They don't hide. So music is where you put it all out there and you're rewarded for it, right? You can actually say, I think God sucks in a song and people, if they like it, they celebrate it. No other genre gets away with doing, no other like type of industry really gets away with doing that. Even Hollywood isn't that dark. Like they'll create films and they'll be dark and say some crazy stuff, but they can always blame it on that's the character. That's not me. When they get in their interviews, they're not like, yeah, man, that's how I feel. When they do do that type of stuff, they're like the rebels. Like you're, oh, you're Johnny Depp. You're, whoa, you put it all out there. Charlie Sheen, crazy. But in the music industry, we said it already. We said what we wanted to do in the bedroom. We said what we wanted to do. We, we said it. So we put ourselves out there and we get rewarded for it. So why wouldn't I just keep pushing the limit? Why wouldn't I just keep pushing that? If you're going to reward me for being anti-godly and anti-biblical, I'm going to keep that agenda going. And that is how Satan works, ladies and gentlemen. Pure manipulation, pure lying, pure like putting on airs as if you're something that you're not, in order to get more acclaim, more fame, more everything. The real drug is fame. We'll talk about that later. Let's check out another video. If there's money, everything can be bought. Views, streams, Grammys, and even first week sales. All of those can be bought. Let's say we don't want a Grammy right now, but we want to increase our views as well as our Spotify streams. Well, what if I told you there was a way of doing so? This is a farm. This is not your average type of farm. This is what we call a stream farm. Streaming farms are services made to mimic a person listening to a song hundreds of times. Oh yeah, stream farms are absolutely real. And here's the thing, it's like, you gotta realize, again, I see why they're like, oh, the evil side of the rapping. It's the evil side of every industry. People are gonna cheat. Like, how did all those kids get into college that weren't supposed to be there? Remember that whole thing that went down back in the day when, like, parents were getting those SAT grades? They're, like, cheating is just a part of, you know, getting ahead in this capitalistic society um, if you are operating in a self-centered, depraved type of mindset. I mean, you're going to stop at nothing to make sure you get ahead. If your God is money and you genuinely believe that money's going to be your protection, money's going to be the key to your freedom, money's going to be the way that you're going to accomplish everything you need in life, of course you're going to rob, steal, kill, and cheat to get ahead. That's that's just hunger games, y'all. That's all. We're, we're living in a, a real-life hunger games right now. So is a stream farm real? Yes, it's absolutely real. And, and the thing about it is you have to accept, I've like, I've personally had to accept things like that. So when my album went number one, I knew it was a thing of God because, and other people were shocked, like how, how, how? Because we did not cheat to get it, right? Because we didn't play by the game. And that's the thing, if you can look back on your success and you know how it happened exactly, it wasn't, it wasn't God, it was you. I can't tell you how that happened. I can only say God did something outside of my understanding and my control. But that's why I don't compete. I'm not in competition with the world. I'm trying to win them. I'm not trying to beat them. 
I'm not competing because if you play these stupid games, you win stupid prizes. What do you want at the end of your life? You want to play all these games and 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 compete and cheat and lie and steal and diminish your character and sear your conscience so that you can die and stand before God with a whole bunch of stuff that you earned while you were on earth and say, oh, shoot, I had to give all that up. And now you're the least in the kingdom if you make it in at all. Right. I don't. That's not what I want. I don't want to stand before God and be like, yo, I was killing it down there for those like 40 years. Yeah. But now I got to live a billion years knowing that I could have used that short amount of time to do some amazing things and transform my whole eternity. You know, I, 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 I'm, I love there was an illustration that's been given a, a million times where it's like if your life is a is a rope, if eternity is a rope, your life is like an inch of that three yard rope or whatever. And and everything you do in this first little three yards impacts the entire rest of the rope. So for me, I'm like, why participate in this type of stuff? Now it's tempting because we're all tempted to be to, you know, want to be seen, want to matter, want to have a shortcut. True story. I'm tell you a true story. I'm trying not to put to incriminate anybody, but I had a friend. This particular friend of mine was a career criminal. Uh, I, I remember talking to him about some of the crazy stuff he was doing. We used to run scams together back in the day, okay, before I, you know, found the Lord and transformed my life. So we ran these little scams, you know, swipe scams, mail scams, um, silly stuff, right, to, to make money as teenagers, as kids. And he, he got way more sophisticated with it because, of course, I found Jesus at 19, and he just kept getting more and more sophisticated with the scams as time went on. Um, and as we, you know, I remember probably around, I don't know, 20, 2011, 2012, I had just moved to Atlanta and his scams had gotten so advanced. Like he was sitting on, he, he could instantly get 200 grand like, like that in a blink of an eye. And I remember, you know, he was like, he offered me $150,000 because he's like, I see what you're trying to do with your career, blah, 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 blah. And uh, man, I'm gonna just give you 150k, man. So you know, keep get your stuff going. The the like that was super tempting to me, because at that moment in time, like I hadn't seen that kind of money, like not in one swoop. Like I was like, oh my gosh. But I knew I couldn't play by those games. I knew that if God wanted me to have that money, He would find a righteous and legal way for me to have that money. And I, I, I at the end of the day, not to say I'm perfect. But I'm just telling you the temptation was there, like it would be for anybody. And some people would have fell to that temptation. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I fall into other things, but but not that one. I didn't want to be sitting in court with a RICO case hanging over me. End of the story, you know, down the line, I am financially sound, and I get a call from his attorney asking me to pay his attorney fees because he's been arrested. You know, and he's going to have to spend some time in the feds. The, the point I'm just making is this. That's the nature of things. You're going to want to find a quick way to get ahead. You're going to want to try to find a hustle or some kind of way to make yourself move forward. So it's not just the music industry. It's the world, y'all. Someone around you is trying to cheat to get ahead. It might be you. You might be stealing somebody's Netflix account right now. I don't know. You know, we're all trying to find a way to get ahead. And God is like, listen, the first will be last. The last will be first. Let's keep it going. But over the decades, record deals have turned into something sinister. On the surface, all the public sees is the money, the fame, the cars, the jewelry. But on the inside, the industry is something completely different. Sophisticated contracts are designed to suck all the money out of an artist while they slave away as debt slaves to the label. And let's face it, most artists dedicate their lives to the pursuit of music which means they're probably poor and probably not very educated. And on top of that, they have that idealistic drive to spread their art, impact their fans, get rich and famous to prove all their haters wrong, which means while you're screwing them over, they're gonna work harder than ever for you. And the best part, thanks to the celebrity culture in America, there is an endless supply of them. Oh man, that's so true. I, I hate that. Um, I hate that and I'm always talking to my, to my kids about that, you know, I'm always, helping them to understand like everyone is fame chasing and a lot of us you know we are prey for corporations and you know the music business the music industry you know and I say this as a, a label owner I say this as an executive I say this as somebody who has signed other artists um I never want to prey on anybody that's never been my objective that's never been my desire never been my goal um I got young artists who 
you know, they don't have formal educations and they don't, no one taught them certain things. I've literally brought in a financial uh, a manager, a CPA to teach classes on how they should handle their finances, to talk about what royalties are, to explain what royalty statements are. Um, because this, this is what I believe. I believe that business is about a mutual exchange. It's not about me trying to squeeze you dry to get what I want and then you're left with nothing. What I always tell people is no matter what form of business you're in, you're in a people business. You're always in a people business because there's another person on the other side of this that you're that you're selling to, that you're buying, from, you're taking care of. If you treat people well, they'll treat you well. So as it pertains to young artists and clients, my, my philosophy on it is this. Like we are literally the only creations on the planet that can demonstrate what it means to add worth to something. Like God does that with us. He takes dirt, breathes in it, and all of a sudden it's worth, it's infinite value and infinite worth, right? He can make something out of nothing. We can't make something out of nothing, but we can take something and, and make it worth something else. Like I can make a song that someone else can't make and they say, oh my gosh, I want to buy that so I can listen to it again and again. And the a good good business is when there's a mutual exchange. Hey, you want my song, I want, I don't know, three bucks. Is that enough? I will be happy with three bucks. Will you be happy with giving me three? And they're like, shoot, I'd have gave you five. Well, you know, I'm going to take the three and give you the song, but now I know you would have willing to give me five. So maybe the next time we have a conversation, I'm like, hey, this song I worked really, really hard on, it's a little more exclusive. I'm going to have to sell it for five. And they're like, sure, I'll take it. We did good business because you got what you wanted. I got what I wanted. Now, if I come to you and I say, hey, I got this song. Um, it's five bucks, but you got to sign this contract to get the song. And then you're like, okay, sure. You sign the contract. You think you got this great song for five bucks, but part of the contract says it's five bucks every month. But I didn't tell you that. That's bad business. Now you're pissed off. Now you're mad because you got to pay five bucks every month. You hate me. You don't want another freaking song from me. Uh, and I didn't take care of you. That's just bad business. But that's how people do to manipulate folks and take advantage of people. Here's the other thing that I hate. I grew up in an, a time period where rap music was exploiting the pain. It wasn't exploiting. It, when I was a kid, it was expressing the pain of broken families broken environments right it was expressing that pain we had songs that expressed you know Tupac's Brenda's got a baby and different stuff like that once the music industry kicked in and said oh my gosh the suburbs are eating up these stories of pain and destruction and death and they're willing to pay top dollar guess what we kept writing more songs not expressing our pain exploiting our pain. Then we started writing more songs, exploiting our, our struggles and our pain because we knew we can get paid from it. So, and they're like, well, shoot, these guys got all this trauma and stuff going on in their lives and it's selling like hotcakes. We want more of this. We're going to pay them top dollar to tell these stories and we're not going to put any other, it's candy to them. They, the radio, the consumer wants to hear stories about murder and death and drug deals because it's exciting to them to hear these stories because they, they have an experience. It's like porn. So now you're selling death and drug and broken brokenness porn to people. And that becomes what young kids think will get them out of their circumstances is telling these types of stories. So now we don't get stories about going to college. We don't get stories about graduating high school. We don't get songs about the birth of a child. You know, we don't get songs about joy or happiness because that is not the porn industry's desire, even though that's your real life experience. And so who, who has stories of brokenness? Broken people, poor people. So who do you go chasing after? Broken and poor people who don't have good educations. No, we don't want the college educated student who can rap. And who, can, who has a good story to tell? We don't want to hear him. We don't want Childish Gambino. We don't want Drake. And if we do, they better be telling stories that, you know, reflect the brokenness that we want to hear. And so that's why, you know, the Kanye's, the Drake's, the Childish Gambino's, 
the Kendricks are more rare and the little whoever's and the young whoever's are in abundance because they're telling these broken stories, this narrative over and over again that people take as porn. That's satanic, just saying. That stuff, again, we're trying to make it so mystical and magical. It's just what it is. Satan just lies right in your face. He manipulates right in your face. He steals, kills, and destroys right in your face, right, as an angel of light. Not with horns and a claw, but like in the like, look at all these chains and songs and people riding in Maybachs. This is beautiful. Who wouldn't want to be a part of this? Let them rob you. Let them take all your money and record contracts because this is what we're getting. I sold my soul to the devil. Whoa. <laughs> mm. Wow. Um Okay. If you stay with me this long, I want to reward you. Um because I think you need to know that when people say they sold their soul to the devil, specifically in the music industry, um, there's some truth to that. And I wanna explain to you how and what. Um, I personally experienced it. Um, so I think the culture has done us a disservice in articulating what the spiritual world is. So let me first do this. Let me explain to you about the world, the flesh, and the devil, okay? The Bible talks about them being uh, our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, like three categories that Scripture, and uh, you can see the Scripture right below me, that articulates this, where you're dealing with the world. The world is a system. It's a way that people function. It's It's a... It essentially means the way people move when they're not following God, right? They have a, a lane and a, a way of functioning and living that they move in. And it's like groupthink. Um, and so then there's the flesh. The flesh is the desires of things that center you that are probably not healthy for you. Right, they 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 rage against the spirit of God, and then you have the devil, who is the liar and the manipulator, who hates you and hates God, and in his last ditch attempts to create pain before he goes to suffer for an eternity, he wants to mess up your life in some kind of way, hoping it will hurt you and God. The way this practically plays itself out. Let's just take something like premarital sex, okay? Premarital sex, the world is doing that. Everyone's doing that. It's in all the movies. It's in all the TV shows. It doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with it if you're in this world. If you're a Christian and the Bible says your body's a temple and that you should not have sex before marriage, the world would say something very contrary to that. The flesh is saying, it sure does feel good. I mean, I don't know, man. That, 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 that guilty pleasure feels amazing, and everybody's doing it. I see it everywhere. The world is doing that. My flesh wants to do that. I should be doing that. And then you have Satan, the master manipulator and the master liar, who says to you, I mean, if everyone's doing it, is it wrong? I mean, if it feels good, how is it wrong? Do you not love this person with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength? How can God keep that from you if he's good? And that's the manipulation that begins to happen. And so when someone says, I sold my soul to the devil, essentially what they're saying is they have accepted the lie. 
They have just said, what I want, I want so bad. My flesh desires it. The world sees it as something amazing. I have decided to go ahead and believe the lie of Satan and pursue this thing that I shouldn't pursue. But here's the thing. Sin will always take you further than you want to go. Sin is like, you know, bait hanging in front of you from a hook. But when that hook gets in you, it's hard to get it out. And a lot of people try to, you know, avoid the suffering of sin by sinning more, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I got to... Uh, I feel so bad about this. I'm just going to keep doing it so that I don't have to think about it anymore. Or I'm going to, I feel bad about what I did last night. So I'm going to get drunk to forget about or do drugs or, you know, on and on. But the point is he wants you to keep falling deeper and deeper into that hole. And how I saw it personally happen to me was when my album went number one, um, there was a bidding war for me, right? From major labels. My album went number one independently. My own label, Reach Records, took Anomaly number one. Now, we thought it went number one. Are we being a good steward? Are we taking care of my album and my project in the best way possible? Could we do more? Should I have collabs I don't have? Should I be on television shows I'm not on? Maybe we should partner with a major label in order to make some of those things happen. And that's when I saw behind the curtain. Now, again, it wasn't mystical or magical. It was pure, unadulterated lies and manipulation. It, it, when I say selling your soul to the devil, it wasn't as if like someone opened up a door and had a contract and said, sign it in blood and you will be taken care of for the rest of your life. What it was, was people coming to me, making me promises the same way Satan made promises to Jesus when he was tempted in the desert for 40, uh, after fasting for 40 days. People said, we want to make you the biggest star the world has ever seen. If Kanye can get so big with Jesus Walks, why can't Lecrae be even bigger? I remember talking to one particular label, they had a superstar artist on the label, superstar. And I just asked them a question. I said, how would you make sure people would play my music on the radio? Because you know people don't want to hear a Christian talk about Jesus on the radio. How can you even ensure that would happen? He said, because I'm going to tell them if they want to hear this effing big star, if they want the first record from this effing big star, they got to play that Lecrae record. You play the Lecrae record and, or you don't get the big star coming to do your radio show. That's how we work this system. And I was like, okay, I see how this works. It's leverage. It's, it's leverage. But it wasn't as if someone offered me a contract saying sign here and Satan will own your soul. It was them saying sign here and we will give you the world. We're going to make your dreams come true. You're going to be a star. Now, thank God I wasn't like emotionally insecure, at least not to the degree of a lot of young, other inexperienced 20-year-olds. I was a little more stable, and I knew when somebody was just like gassing me up and just trying to make me feel like, oh my gosh, you're so special. You're amazing. You could do all these things. And I mean, that's the manipulation. And so I didn't bite the bait. You know, um, I bit some other baits because I, I, I thought that I was guarded in some other ways and I wasn't. But in terms of I'm grateful I didn't sign a traditional record deal. I did a partnership. I was able to get out of that partnership by the grace of God. And it wasn't because, you know, it was satanic or anything along those lines. It was because at the end of the day, I realized, OK, as a Christian label, we have a value and an ethic as a major label. No major label has the same value and ethic that we have. And so we're always going to butt heads when it comes to some particular things. We're going to bet on something that they're not going to bet on. I'm going to be willing to do this charity event for a church that's not going to pay you. And you're going to be like, that doesn't pay us. Why are you doing that? You need to be doing this thing right here that puts money in, in, in our pocket. And we're going to butt heads. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like it's. It didn't make sense for me long term, but as it pertains to signing a deal with the devil, that's for all intents and purposes how it works. It's not a hoofed animal that's gonna come out of a back room and say, "All right, let's cut the throat of this goat and uh, sign here," and for the Lamborghinis waiting downstairs. I mean, if that happens, that's weird and creepy and just strange. But typically, that's not how Satan functions. He's a little too clever for that. All right. Check this out. The devil's puppets in the music industry. Ooh, spooky. 
their gift for you and is right here in this little circular thing. What do we have for little Ozzy? It's my father, the Pale Emperor. Yes, he is. Listen here. At age 27, I will leave this earth for this man right here. He's the Pale Emperor. Now, Marilyn Manson, he inspired your grills? Yeah, my... F he inf oh, that's crazy. They're my old ones, like... Listen, now, here's what I do know. For all of my talk of like trying to help people understand the reality of Satanology or demonology, um, what I do know is that evil is the second most intelligent force in the universe, right? God and goodness is the most intelligent, most powerful force in the universe, but Satan, demons... Lucifer, the prince and the power of this world, like there's real power there. I'm not going to play with that. You know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And I, I, it, like the Marilyn Manson's, the, the little Uzi Vert, whose name, if you say it fast, is Lucifer. <laughs> A lot of people don't catch that, Lucifer. Like to me, y'all, they're mere mortals playing with fire, right? And I don't know their motive. It could be just, attention it could be sincerity like trying to follow what they believe is satanic but the thing is is that satan doesn't have a temple like the way that i think these folks are creating it like the world in a sense is is his domain he's the prince in the power of this world like it's a broken planet and he's all over the place causing chaos and havoc like you don't have to go into a room and bow down to him all you have to do is hate your neighbor all you got to do is lie or steal or kill and you are operating in the realm of the demonic or the satanic. So to me, them even trying to pledge allegiance in some kind of way is just outright ridiculousness to me. It's like, it's stupid. If I'm being honest, like now we're, we're, you're playing with a pit bull. You're playing with a lion in a sense. Like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, why are you getting in the, in the, you know, he bites. You've seen him tear people up. You know he has, he does not have your good intentions in mind. Like, you know, every blessing he has comes with a curse attached to it. Why would you get in a ring with him? And, and so for me, I'm like, those are the folks, like, I pray for him. I don't, I'm not here to condemn him. I'm here to like, I pity them. I feel bad. Like, how can, if, if Jesus can sit and look upon a, a group of people who are clearly influenced by the demonic and the satanic, who are stringing him up to kill him, screaming, crucify him, and he can say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's how I feel about Lil Uzi. That's how I feel about Marilyn Manson. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't know who they're playing with. And they don't know that though Satan may be a lion, like you are freaking, you are like a gazillion times greater than that little lion. <laughs> like you will devour him in a heartbeat. Like he, Satan is one of God's creations, right? Like, God made him. He's not more powerful than God. He's just been given time to act out. It's kind of like, you know, when a little kid gets mad because you took away the toy and you put him in the room and you they throw a temper tantrum, you're not like, oh, shoot, man, what am I going to do? He's in there tearing the whole room up. You're like, oh, he's going to throw those temper tantrums and then I'm going to handle them. Then I'm going to handle them. Like, Satan's throwing a temper tantrum on earth. Now, he's far more powerful than we are, but my shepherd, that's why David in Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, he, he says, I, I fear no evil. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Not because I'm tough and I'm strong and I can beat up any predator out here, but because the shepherd is with him, right? Because his rod and his staff comforts him. That rod and that staff are his protection. That's what keeps the demons at bay. It's not us you know, killing proverbial demons in our songs. It's not us shouting and doing seances and chants and throwing oil everywhere. I, I think it's us understanding the power of prayer, the power of the spirit, understanding like, hey, these are symbols. Oil is a symbol, but in and of, in and of itself does not contain the power. God has the power and he's allowing us to access that power to fight against darkness. 
How did Jesus fight against Satan? He didn't fight against Satan in the desert with fists up. He wasn't like, he didn't do a chant and start dancing around. Like, that's not how he fought. He fought by going into a place of prayer and, and fighting back with truth. You fight Satan with truth, but you got to know truth to fight with truth. So a diamond expert doesn't spend time all day studying every fake diamond. He studies the real diamond so well that when he sees a fake one, that's fake. That's fake, and he can fight it. So as a believer, I spend so much time with truth that when a lie pops up, I'm like, that's a lie. And lies come from the pit of hell. So go on back where you came from. And that's what Jesus was telling Satan. No, I'll give you all of this. I'll make you this and this. And he's like, man, 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 I know you're hungry, Jesus. Man, should not live off bread alone, but off every word that comes out of the mouth of my father. That's word. I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you truth. And so, unfortunately, a lot of these artists don't know truth, and they think the only way to be blessed is to make a pact or a deal with a murderer, a liar, a manipulator, and someone who is only out to torment them. And even recently... Uzi was quoted as saying like his life was in turmoil. He's a mere mortal, y'all. All of us are just mere mortals and we're all dealing with mortal issues and Satan cannot help us. I mean, he's not a healer. He's a manipulator. So he'll give you what you want only if it can cause you more pain, right? Um, he'll give you the heroin, but he wants you to overdose. So he'll relieve that pain for a second so that he can get a worse outcome in the future. And then... Dude. Have you been to these parties personally? Have you seen them? You can't. You can't get. That's a doggy diamonds question. Shout out yeah, doggy diamonds. Right. Shout you out can't, you can't get. Shout you can't. You yeah. can't. You can't diamonds. make it to the real party because somewhere, if you if you're not a homosexual, they got they got a filtering out process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're sending stylists. They they have you out and about because they're trying to drug you. So you be in a studio session late at night and they'll see if you if if you a meatball, yo bro here hit this blunt. You ain't see the blunt get rolled, yeah, or yo, bro, take this drink right here. And you like, hold on, bro. Listen, homie, I ain't, I ain't with that. <laughs> and dudes, some dudes that get drunk. Like, I've been in studios with artists, famous artists, and I seen take a bottle that wasn't theirs, and they in the studio all woozy. I'm like, I'm out. I don't know what happened after, to that person yeah. after, but that shit didn't. You know, it's like trying to get a chick drunk because <laughs> we want to pop. Right. right? So. I, I wasn't even going to say nothing about this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. <clears throat> Um, I've been to a couple Diddy parties. Now, I'm risking a lot by saying this because I know as soon as I say that, all, all the assumptions are going to come in and all the, and if I don't say evil things were taking place, then I'm covering for them. And if I do say evil things were taking place, then I'm one of them ones like, yeah, Lecrae, expose it, expose it. You know what I'm saying? And I've been to lots of parties. I've been to Jamie Foxx. I've been with Snoop. T.I., like, I've been to lots of places. Um, here's what I'll say. There are people who will test you. There are people who will see how far your limits are. And if you're willing to take a step, then they'll take two. I, I in my personal experience, never saw anything where someone was like, you can't move any further unless you do X, Y, or Z. But what I did see was if you do do X, Y, or Z, well, keep coming because you're, you know, and that's how we all are. It's Psalm 1, right? Um, it says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, who does not stand in the way of sinners, who does not sit in the seat of mockers. You, you start walking. They're going to walk with you, and now you find yourself standing. they like, oh, you stand? Well, if you stand, come sit. Now, the next thing you know, you're sitting. And, and so it was never a situation where I, I felt forced to sit. It was a situation where I was asked, do, do you stand? Do you stand? And I'm like, I don't stand. Oh, okay, cool. And then I was left alone. It's like, oh, he's not, he's not about that life. He's not with it. I'm leaving him alone. Um, and, and this is what I'll say. And I won't say whose party I was at or what party, but this is a crazy situation, right? Um, I was at one of these parties. And for me, I'll be honest, it was a mix of work 
Because this is oftentimes where you go to connect with people, where you go to meet people. And I have met people here and I have built bonds and they have said, I have met actors and celebrities who said, man, thank you for being here. I needed your presence here. You're the reason why I know God is walking with me. And we've had conversations since where they're like, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Because how are you going to be a light if you're never in the dark? Now, I'm, now, if you cannot handle being in the dark, stay up out of certain places, right? Don't play tug of war by yourself. I never went to these events by myself. I was always with people who were walking in the light, and we always had a mission. It was never just to go in there and wild out and, and, be, and be stupid. But the other side of the coin is, yes, if I'm, I'm a human, so I'm frail. I'm going to be honest with you. There was moments for me of like, oh, my gosh, I'm here. I'm part of the crew. Like, look at me. Yes, I struggle with acceptance and wanting to be associated with greatness. And I got caught up in some of that nonsense internally, right? Um, but you would have never known that. What I will say is that one particular party, um, lots of big names, um, there was an artist there who said, hey, Lecrae, Around 1 a.m., make sure you're not here. And I was like, what? You just don't want to be here at 1 in the morning. And I was like, now, my pride kicked in. Like, yo, you don't know me. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can handle myself. Like, I'm not some little church boy who ain't never seen nothing. Like, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what you talking about? Well... It's probably 12.30. I'm downstairs. Um, I go downstairs to the studio. I come up out the studio. And I'm headed back upstairs to, like, the main area where everyone's kind of congregating and hanging out. And uh, the music changed. It was, like, really hard and heavy at first. And then, you know, like, jamming, dancing music. And it was a little softer. You know, it was a little more sensual when I came out the studio and started going upstairs. And on my way upstairs, there's like this couch. Um, I won't say how the couch is designed because then that may give away whose party and whose house this was. There was a couch. And on the couch, I saw a couple of guys really going at it hard and heavy. And um, man, and I was like, oh, you know, I, you know, my brain, I'm thinking, well, you know, the celebrity party, people do what they do. As I started moving up, Stairs, I passed them up and I noticed that it wasn't just those two guys. It was more and more people just going at it. I was like, okay, it's time for me to roll. I'm going to grab my stuff and I'm going to get up out of here. I did not know that's how this went down. So was that shocking? Absolutely. Was I forced or coerced into anything? I was not. Um, but why they felt that comfortable? I don't know. Maybe the invite list, they was like, yeah, all these people. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm shocked that it went down. But I've been to another situation, another person's party, celebrity party, and you know, a celebrity tapped me on my shoulder and I was hanging out with them. And it was like, yo, nephew, uh, you might want to go into the other party because this cabana, we about to close it up. And they closed up the cabana, and there was a, about three or four big name artists in there. And a whole bunch of ladies start walking in that cabana and a security guard stood in front of the door. Hey, they didn't coerce me. They didn't ask me to come in. And everybody said, you probably should not be in this cabana. You probably just want to go out back out there with the cocktails and the hanging out and the hobnobbing. And um, shout out to my guy, Brandon T. Jackson, man. Brandon T. Jackson, um, you know... It, I, I don't know what he's up to these days, but at this particular party, Brandon T came up to me and he said, yo, man, like Satan will steal your soul in this industry, bro. And he was really like, I loved the fact that he felt like, he's like, I love your soul and your spirit and I want you to thrive, Cray. I don't want you to get devoured out here. And I just appreciated that because for him, he was like, he has seen some detriments and some of the dark side of things. And he was like, yo, I want you to be taken care of. So I say all that to say like, I never felt like it was some secret occult or secret like thing. I felt like there were areas at certain places that were like, hey, um, this might, I mean, this could be the cocaine room. You know, I don't know. This could be the boom boom room. I don't know. But I never ventured into those places. You know, that wasn't my thing. And when I felt like something was moving to a level past 
where my witness or my like conscience would be messed with, I'm out of there. It's not for me. Um, but I, somebody got to be in these places and spaces, right? Like somebody got to be there, you know, to be, you know, in these environments. Now I'm not saying somebody got to be at the strip club or don't, don't, don't misconstrue, misconstrue my words. What I'm saying is someone has to be in environments where people congregate and you can get to know them and you can build relationships. You know what I'm saying? These were not like, it, it's not just wild and people hanging from the ceilings everywhere. It's really just people hanging around by the pool, talking, having conversations. Some people dancing, some people walking, you know, oh, what's up, Jimmy Iveen? What's up, Madonna, Chris Brown? How y'all doing? You know, you talking, you, you, you have a whole conversation. You can share your whole testimony standing next to somebody by Jamie Foxx's pool. You know what I'm saying? So again, it wasn't one of those situations where, it was crazy. And I've been to tons of these industry events, like tons of them. So it's what do you want to get yourself into? You know, what do you if you want to get in trouble, you can. But I don't feel like my career. Will, and yes, sure, I probably could have found some way to finesse it for my career if I really was trying. Um, but it's like, is that what you really want? Do you want to get yourself intertwined with the deeds of darkness and Satan? And now you got to un unwind yourself from all of that? Is that really what you desire? Or do you want to be straight and narrow and go to bed at night with a clear conscience and wake up in the morning and see that God is doing, God is infinitely more powerful and I'd rather trust in him than all of that nonsense. I love these ones. They're my favorite. How you doing? I want to tell you, if you're listening to Cray, you probably got a demon. You're probably full of demons. Cray, years ago, seven years ago, he started working with a guy named Tadashi. Him and Tadashi started working with Big Creed, Paul Wall, Bun B. Secular artists who brought demon music into the Christian realm. You want to be like the world to win the world. It don't work that way. I want to tell you one thing. God is not pleased with all these things you're doing. I want to tell you one thing. Follow God. Get rid of your demons. Look right, you're gonna be on a van. We're doing a boycott. Pulling all your shows, all your CDs, until you repent. Pray for the great. Pray for me, cause I need it. Health is going down, but pray for the great too. I love y'all. Praise God. Uh where do I even begin? Okay, Lord, give me give me wisdom on how to speak to this um mm, 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 mm. i'm in such good company i'm in such good company because man they talked about jesus just like this they said he was his miracles were the result of demons and she's like how does a demon cast out a demon you know i don't like the song I did, Big Crit, I'm clearly professing Christ. I'm like sharing the gospel. Why would the demonic want to give the antidote to the poison in society by proclaiming that Jesus is the Savior? Why, why like, the, a kingdom divided doesn't stand? Why would I want to promote the kingdom? It's That's nonsensical. Um, It's kind of crazy, man. But I get it. Because there comes a point in time in everybody's career, especially public figures' career, where they win so much, it can't be God. It's got to be some evil power because you shouldn't be winning that much. You know, they, when it's like when everybody loves you, then, you know, the Bible says the world will hate you. So everyone's loving you. So it's kind of, and I'm like, but they they don't. Have you looked at my numbers and Drake's numbers? The, the world doesn't love me like they love Drake, y'all. Um, you know, they'll tolerate and stomach something from you. But as a whole, the world is not like, give me, I just can't get enough of Lecrae. Right? If you just start, just listen through what I do and what I say, it's it's some kind of way gonna point back to Jesus. And you may catch me on an off day, or you may catch a sound bite, and it's like, huh? 
But if you listen to the full context, if you get the bigger narrative, if you look at the consistency of a person's life, like what is that really about? And that's what scares me about our time period is like we're such a soundbite culture. We're such a like we'll we'll define a whole person's character by one post or one soundbite and not look at the the content of their character, not look at the the whole narrative of who they are and what they represent and what they talk about. And we'll write them off so quickly. Um, we live in a space of where everything's got to be black and white. Someone's got to be the hero. Someone's got to be the villain. And the reality is that's just not how life is. No one is as heroic as you think they are. No one is as villainous as you think they are. Jesus is like amazing to me because he never really like, he just would keep asking questions. And I think that's what I try to do. I just try to ask questions to people who come at me with like stuff that I think is kind of crazy. Are you demonic Lecrae? And, I, and I'm like, well, what is demonic? Well, demonic is working with secular artists. What does secular mean? Um, without God doesn't like say, okay, so by that logic, then if I work with somebody who wrote the song, Happy Birthday, is that demonic? Because do you sing Happy Birthday? That's a secular song. There's no God mentioned that. Have you ever read the book of Esther? There's God isn't mentioned in there. But what's the intent behind the book of Esther? It's to glorify God. A lot of people don't catch that. So you can't know a person's intent you can't assume their motives. You're going to have to spend time with them. You're going to have to look at the wider context of who they are. Even Paul says, I don't even judge myself. So what do I care about you judging me? I know God's going to have to judge me. And man, that's the position I think a lot of us should take is like, yo, God's going to judge these folks. You do not see Peter and Paul going through scriptures just pointing out people like they're not like witch finders. Like, and oh yeah, by the way, uh, Cephalophagus. That dude is full of demons. Stay away from him. And uh, Roskamoskakis definitely worships the devil. Don't hang out with him no more. Like, he wasn't doing that. He More 90% of what they were communicating was what was truth and what was light and what was good and what it, you know what I'm saying, and challenging people about their motives and their intents. And are any of our motives ever 100% pure? No. No. So I'm not going to sit up here and tell you all my motives are right, but what I will sit here and tell you is that I'm off always putting my motives on the chopping block of scripture, always putting my motives on the chopping block of the kingdom and saying, God, prune me, make me into who I need to be because I know I got to wake up and deal with me every day. I don't need uh, Brother Jones Ministries 828 to tell me <laughs> that I am frail, uh, but if I take a fine tooth comb through Brother Jones' life, I'm sure I'm going to find instances and places where he needs the grace of Jesus, where he's frail and fragile and weak and inconsistent. It's just easier for me because I'm a public figure. It's easier for me because I, I get to talk. If I talk long enough, you're going to hear something that doesn't line up right. Why? Because I'm human and I'm broken. And I see through a murky lens. If I talk long enough, you're going to disagree with me on something. Shoot, I live with this woman called my wife. She decided to spend her entire life with me. And she can tell you she finds plenty of things wrong with me all the time. You spend enough time with somebody, you're going to see they're broken. What broken person do you want to spend time with? What broken person do you want to commune with? Do you want to fellowship with? Do you want to help? So what do we want to do with these folks that we think are wrong? We want to throw them off. I just don't. What do you want to do with them? Jesus is trying to save people while they're on the cross. You're going to be with me in paradise today. We want to put them on crosses. Hang them up, string them up. And then when they do repent, what does that even look like? Like, what does that mean? I can guarantee you if this person, this proverbial person you don't like gets somewhere and repents, because repentance is a life change, so you don't know if their life has changed. You just know they've said they've repented. But if they get up and say, I'm done with this, I'm on this now, are you going to start supporting them? Or are you going to be like, I don't know if it's really true. I got to see it to believe it. You're not going to keep tapping in with them. You're not going to keep up with their lives. You're not going to check on them. You're not going to send them scriptures of encouragement. Are you going to be praying? For no, you're not going to do that. So this is all just like witch hunts and self-righteousness. It's all just like we want power and we want control and we want to feel like we matter. And it's like the, the Internet is giving a voice to everybody. Even people who shouldn't have a voice. You, God is far more powerful than your YouTube short video that exposes all of these people 
God is far more powerful to, to do some transforming work in their hearts and their lives to make them into the person they need to become. They don't really need you to shame them. They don't. Um, so, but thank you. I mean, um, I got. I guess I got to stop working with Tadashi because he led me down a dark path. So, thank you for that. Actually, thank you, Brother Jones Ministries four four two eight. Because man, I would have never known that about Tadashi. I got to do some. I got to go dig into this. I've been bamboozled and led astray. Who would have thought? Who else? Who's on the list? Who else is on this list? Tim Ross, Kirk Franklin, Apostle Paul. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He wasn't part of the original 12. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, listen, I want to be a person that is walking in grace walking in the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And I want people to know me, not how many Jesus per beats I say in a song, not how many times I can look good on camera and say all the right things, but because of the consistency of my character, because of the fruit of my life, I want people to feel as if God is doing something in this person's life, in this man's life. I want that for all of us. I don't, I don't put much stock in a comment on YouTube that says something so powerful and profound. I don't put much stock in an incredible reel. I put stock in hearing what consistently comes out of the mouth of a person, out of the life of a person, out of the heart of a person, um, because that shows who they are shows who their character is and um, I want that for all of us I want us to be not just say and, and, and do but to be it's interesting Jesus doesn't say follow me in the sense that he wants you to just kind of mimic him he's saying literally be with me be like me the model. Love y'all. You got a demon. You're full of them.